Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Say What Again Billy podcast. I hope everyone is having a good week and staying out of trouble. And we have some actually movie news and video game news. I try to throw in some paranormal, some modern news, some archaeology news, but we're going to have some movie news today and some video game news. The Batman is per latimes.com. Holy box office revenue. Batman, Warner Brothers picture, The Batman, has scored the second biggest North American opening of the COVID-19 pandemic, grossing $128.5 million domestically and $120 million internationally for a global community of $248.5 million. They are saying that this is better or going to be on par with the Dark Knight trilogy, which I was a fan of. To this day, in my opinion, the best um, superhero trilogy of movies was the, the Dark Knight with Christian Bale. It was the most accurate movie as far as superheroes and as far as Batman being an, a, a superhero that does not have any abilities. And uh, this movie I'm actually going to see later tonight. I believe it's two hours and uh, 45 or 50 minutes. It's a long movie. It's almost three hours. It's like hitting the Titanic mark of movie um, time and length. So it's going to be fun to watch. I heard it's more of a detective movie. So you won't get any spoilers out of me. I'm going to see this later tonight. And the video game Elden Rings is bringing in tons of money and is being considered as one of the best open world games. Now, I have been tempted to buy this game myself, but with this new job that I have and how I've been coming home feeling tired, um, i just trying to keep myself from spending $70 on the video game and getting into it. I know the beginning of the game, you make your character, you pick a class, there's a whole bunch of classes and you design your character. So before you even get into the game, you're, you're designing your character and then you go out to this open world. And I've never played any of the uh, previous games that correspond with this one. So um, I'm trying to keep myself from playing that. I'm currently playing Dying Light 2 and trying to finish that game. Um, that's a great game as well. So I wanted to give you some of this news instead of paranormal news because we're kind of on the dull point with some paranormal news. Um, so if you're interested in movies, go check out The Batman. And if you are a gamer the elden rings is currently doing its thing and is currently in the race for best open world video games so in the recent weeks as far as any paranormal talk i have been seeing more ufo specials on the uh, discovery plus app and i actually watched a few things and the one thing that i'm starting to hear uh, more and more as far as ufos is that they are probably United States military uh, equipment or craft that we designed and we're testing out all these years. And that's pretty much what we are seeing. It's not alien. It's not extraterrestrial. It's not interdimensional. It's not portals. None of that. Okay. I've also heard recently on an episode of Joe Rogan, uh, one of his guests say something along those lines. And even Joe Rogan himself is currently believing the fact that aliens might not exist. This may be military, high-tech military equipment. So I wanted to take the time on this episode to get into why I think that theory is false. Now, let's take it back all the way to, let's say, Egyptian times. 
uh, and archaeological finds. Now, I've actually mentioned this on an episode prior to this one about ancient aliens. I am a fan of the show Ancient Aliens. I actually haven't seen a new episode of that TV series in quite some time. Periodically check Discovery Plus to see if anything new is popping up, but I believe they only give like the first five or six seasons. But when I first watched this show, I remember um, the first five episodes were probably the best episodes as far as that TV show. And I remember in the first or second episode, the show starting off with something along the lines that grave robbers were at a site in the Amazon somewhere, digging through things, and they eventually found, it could have been, I'm paraphrasing, could have been grave robbers, could have been archaeologists. And they found a site where these golden trinkets were uncovered. And they resembled these golden trinkets, things, living things that were in the Amazon. Um, one of the golden trinkets were a monkey. One was a bug. The other was a leopard or some sort. And there was one that the people that found these trinkets couldn't really identify. It kind of looked something along the lines of possibly being a bug or it looked like a plane. So what modern-day archaeologists and UFOologists did was being that this trinket, this golden coin or trinket or amulet, whatever you want to really call it, they were really small, they can fit in between your fingers, but they were gold, modeled after things in the Amazon. What these people did was they took that unknown trinket and they ended up molding it into a 3D real-life image um, you know, they use that machinery that can make something out of like, you know, plastic or whatever. Actually, the name is escaping me right now. And they molded it to be an actual f- and flying mechanism, like almost like a drone. Um, and they put a motor in it and they were able to replicate what this unknown trinket was and put it into a actual thing and fly it around. And... They really carbon copied what the trinket was into a real life flying object and flew it around like a drone. And they said that whatever made this back in, you know, ancient times and made these trinkets saw a leopard, saw a monkey, saw a spider, another bug and saw something flying in the sky because this thing that they modeled after the golden trinket that these archaeologists or and or grave robbers found was modeled after something that flew. And when they made the object in real time, these archaeologists, um, you know, down the line, they were able to fly this device through the sky. Now, that means that in ancient times, people would see things and document it in means of hieroglyphics. Um, They would take, you know, ancient paper and write things down with ink or tree sap and whatever was seen in ancient times was some way somehow documented and we see this a lot with Egyptians with hieroglyphics and one thing that I have been seeing now you know how Instagram works with algorithms and so on and so forth Uh, the one thing that I have repeatedly seen as far as UFO type 
um, category is the hieroglyphics, and then in one of the hieroglyphics, it oddly resembles a helicopter. Now, in ancient Egyptian times, there was no flying objects of any sort, so we believe and think. But in hieroglyphics, there are objects that archaeologists and anthropologists cannot uh, find out what they were seeing at that time. And if you look at the hieroglyphic, which I'll try to post when I edit when I air this episode, if you look at the hieroglyphics, it resembles a helicopter. Just like in the Amazon, this golden trinket resembled an aircraft with like, you know, a plane. And um, with the main person of ancient aliens uh, butchering his name, I cannot pronounce his George Hypotocalus or whatever. He's like this weird name. He wears the golden trinket that was found, a replica, on his collar on the episodes because that particular golden trinket that was found in the Amazons by grave ray robbers or archaeologists was able to be um, 3D printed, that's the word, 3D printed into a flying object. Now, so this means that at some point in ancient times, UFOs were actually being seen by the ancient people. The people that lived in the Amazons, the Mayans, the Aztecs, people that lived in Egypt, the Egyptians, possibly even the Jews at the time that were there, that were enslaved, and even in the Middle East, which we do have some religious paintings that show the Virgin Mary looking up to the sky and seeing circular-shaped objects in the sky. Now, to this day, we cannot, and this has been a talk this week at work, actually, don't know what angels look like, but whatever whatever possessed the artist to paint some of these religious paintings and put circular-shaped objects in the sky must have came from something. Now, I'm actually going to read something from History.com, and this is actually the first UFO document, first documented UFO sighting. The first well-known UFO sighting occurred in 1947 when a businessman, Kenneth Arnold, claimed to see a group of nine high-speed objects near Mount Rainer in Washington while flying his small plane. Arnold estimated the speed of the crescent-shaped objects as several thousand miles per hour and said they moved like saucers skipping over water. In the newspaper report that report that followed, it was mistakenly stated that the objects were saucer-shaped, hence the term flying saucer. The Roswell UFO incident in Roswell, New Mexico, local papers reported it was remains of a flying saucer, and this took place around the 50s. So these are the two first sightings or reported sightings of UFOs. And from the 60s into the 70s, even I think a report during World War II where we got the, the Foo Fighters, the sightings of Foo Fighters. Actually, I'm going to pull that up for you so that we can actually get the full scoop of that. During World War II, um, the term Foo Fighter was used by an Allied aircraft pilot during World War II, as I said. And I'm reading from Wikipedia right now to get the exact thing for you guys. The term Foo Fighter was used by Allied aircraft pilots during World War II to describe various UFO mysterious aerial phenomena seen in the skies over both the European and Pacific theaters of operation. So we have uh, decades where we are seeing these and reporting UFO 
sightings. And what do these UFO sightings have in common? Well, take Roswell out of the equation for a second because that was a crashed UFO that within a day of being called unidentified flying object crash, the government went and said literally a day later um, that it was a weather balloon to cover up potentially mass hysteria. But the one common thing that we are seeing with these UFO reports from the 30s all the way up until now is the unsigned, the, let's put the, let's get find a good word, the unorthodox and the unbelievable speed and disappearing acts of these objects. And not only do some people do report circular objects, but in the most recent years, we have been reporting triangular objects that either fly at ungodly speeds or they break away from one another and completely disappear with no sound. Or like the famous TikTok video that was filmed by the United States Navy, the thing flew at such insane speeds that it was reported it it hit a certain Mach speed and didn't make a sonic boom. So this aircraft that they reported seeing, the United States Navy, flew off at an ungodly speed and did not make a sonic boom. There is nothing, to my opinion, in the world that could possibly do that. And I don't think, and I've said this before, I don't think any country has that technology yet. It's impossible. And if you go back into the time span from the 1930s up until, let's say, the 1990s, these UFO reports, these sightings, are all pretty common with the same description of objects, either being saucer-shaped or triangular-shaped, having no sound, either vanishing or taking off at a ungodly speed, making no sound or making just a sound and disappearing. Now, I'll take it into my two UFO sightings that I have seen. Now, last year on vacation, where I go every year, I go to Long Beach Island, New Jersey. It is, to me, the my favorite place that my wife put me on to. Um, when we had our daughter, we weren't able to go that year. She had went every year. The following year, we went because when my daughter was born, she was born in the summer, so we weren't able to go because my wife had a C-section. And as you can imagine, it takes some time to recover from that. The following year, we go to LBI. It became one of my favorite places. She was spot on about how magical the place is. It is just an awesome beach town, and it's just relaxing. But getting off the subject this past year when we went, we took a walk to the beach and looked out into the water and looked up into the sky in the middle of the ocean, okay, there was a triangle-shaped object. So we at first thought it was a plane until suddenly these three objects that were perfectly aligned as a triangle started to break away, one going forward and continuing to go forward, and the other two from the left and the right going to their immediate left and immediate right, and then is eventually just vanishing. Now, they had fluent formation um, from our viewpoint, which probably from the beach to the sky was miles and miles away. It was slow and there was no sound. There was no airplane sound. There was no helicopter sound. And eventually, three objects disappeared. And the whole process for this to happen happened within under uh, eight to ten minutes. Take it back to 1995 when I saw my first UFO sighting. Now, this was 2021, the LBI UFO sighting that I seen. And now we go back to 1995, a story that I've told quite frequently on my podcast and to my friends and family. 
where we saw a UFO hovering over a building. The top of the building has to be about a 25 to 30 story building. And this UFO had to be about 1,500 feet above the building or maybe 2,000 feet. It was so big that it seemed like this thing was pretty close to the building, just hovering there. Now, in 1995, to my knowledge, there was no drones. And this thing was definitely not a blimp because it did not look like a blimp. There was no projection as like, let's just put into example the Batman symbol. When it shines the light into Gotham City, you see the light trail going into the clouds to form the bat symbol. There was none of that with this UFO UFO sighting. It was a light. uh, There was no light shining into the sky. There was no light trail. It was a solid yellow object that to this day I remember and even can tell that there was like black windows on it. Yellow goldish light. And when we were driving down this road, I told my dad, I says, go around the corner so we could try to see under it. Now, as soon as we made the right, it was a gas station at the corner, and then we got in front of the building that the UFO was hovering over. We looked up through the trees, and we could still see some kind of light. We had really no choice but to turn the next corner to go back around and see it again. Turned the corner, got to the main avenue where we initially saw the UFO on that road, and when we got to the main road, it was gone. This thing was not moving. It was, If it was moving, it was moving like one mile an hour in the sky. This thing vanished without a sound, and we had the radio off. We were just like, what are we seeing right now? Our family was ecstatic, and it vanished, gone, blink of an eye. And that's something that's in common with UFO sightings, just gone, blink of an eye. And and unless there's a stealth or cloak technology that we don't know about, that is the only way that I can explain what people are seeing. Now, we take it through why I'm doing this episode, people saying that this is a military technology. No, I don't think so. There is, I don't think we have something that can do that. Bob Lazar, who apparently worked in Area 51, said that the government had got and managed to make a technology that can defy gravity and propel planes and engines at insane speeds. And that is the only defense to this theory that I can say if we can trust Bob Lazar because his reputation is a little on the sketch side. But that is the only way that I can defend what people are saying now. But for these things to vanish and take off and completely make no sound, I don't know how we would have any technology in regards for an aircraft to do that. When planes nowadays are still taking the same amount of time to get from, let's just say, New York to Las Vegas, which from New York City to Las Vegas is a a five-and-a-half-hour trip. You know, we're looking at UFOs, and they're vanishing and taking off and going straight up into the air. We even have um, unidentified uh, submerged objects, which are called USOs, coming out of the water and going into the sky at crazy speeds and diving back into the water. I don't know of a plane that can do that that the military has or any country has. We don't have a plane that can go at Mach 6, Mach 5, Mach 7 into the water and come out at almost the same speed and then vanish. And that has been some of the reports by military uh, personnel reporting UFO sightings that some UFOs are now diving into the water or coming out of the water. And that has been an ongoing report with UFOlogists that 
I believe Catalina Island, um, off the coast of California, has these USO and UFO sightings coming out of the water. Also something that was featured on a show, Expedition Unknown, where we have the two people on that show um, going to that specific island looking for these unknown lights that would come out of these the water of Catalina Island off the coast of California and trying to investigate what that was. And they did see some things and could not explain it. So if you really look at the general picture of what I'm talking about now, there is no way the government... United States government, Russian government, or the Chinese government, the three top governments in the world with hands down the, you know, the highest technology, the highest military force in the world has anything like this. And these sightings that we talk of today that are now modernized have been happening since ancient times. Reports via hieroglyphics and documentation, reports of even some things that could be somewhat in related to UFO within the Bible to the 1930s and 40s, and even reports during the uh, World War II era going into the 60s, the 70s, 80s, 90s, and then going into the 2000s. The same reports, high-speed takeoffs, disappearing acts, no sound, and this is something that has been going on for centuries. And we can't now say that it's it's military technology. When did the military start this technology? During World War I? During the 30s? During the 20s? I don't think so. Now, we do know that Adolf Hitler had a fascination with the paranormal. And we do know and we have heard stories of Nazis trying to find religious artifacts and UFO technology. And I believe if this is a true story, and I don't quote me on this because I, ha- I did not look this up to clarify this, but there are reports of... Uh, Nazis or the Germans making some form of a UFO type vehicle um, which I believe there are pictures but something wasn't operational with it. But Hitler did have some knowledge of oddities or paranormal things going on in the world and his fascination was to find these things that were going on and put it to use for his German army, the Nazi army. So we do know that there was an interest and a means to try to make technology, but did it happen during that time? Probably not. Probably not. Because if this, what we're reporting now, was happening years, decades ago, centuries ago, then we cannot sit here today and say that what we are seeing, these unimaginable events as far as UFOs, are something that the military is using. It's impossible. It is impossible. There is no way, in my opinion, that we have this type of technology. And if we did, humans cannot be within the confines of these ships doing these super speeds. You know, astronauts go through vigorous, vigorous training. Pilots go through vigorous, vigorous training to fly their their aircrafts because they're going at these super speeds so they have to be able to withstand g-force in these fight in these in these jets to to you know to fly at those speeds and they're wearing masks which give them oxygen because the levels of oxygen as your altitude goes up and the elevation you your air is getting thinner so they have to wear 
oxygen tanks while they're flying these planes and astronauts have to withstand going at the brink of the sky, going into the atmosphere, going into space. The testing that these people have to do to be able to be checked off to operate, to even do to get into these vehicles that are doing that now is very vigorous and it takes time. These sightings, especially 2020, where we had the highest UFO uptick during the pandemic, I highly doubt people were going up there and being in these crafts, doing these ungodly maneuvers, speeds, disappearing acts, and takeoffs, and vanishing acts. And that's what leads me to believe that these are not manned, they're not uh, piloted by any human beings. Could it be something along the lines as unpiloted, remote-controlled things? Probably. You know, that's, okay, let's give that to another, you know, on board with uh, or defense of this theory that we're, that I'm trying to debunk. But if you fly a drone and you're privy to the whole drone technology thing, drones have a range with the remote control or your phone, because I've seen people use iPads and phones. There's a range that it can go into, they go uh, to a certain point and then it drops off. We're talking about an object that can be anywhere from 15 to 25, 40 feet, maybe long bigger because we're seeing this from the ground up and you're piloting it with a, you know, with a remote control from God knows where. Now I know it's possible because we have missiles that we can control and, you know, we can, we're obviously on Mars, you know, controlling rovers and things like that, but the things that are on Mars being piloted and driving around Mars to pick up pictures and videos are not moving at a Mach 7, Mach 8, not making sonic booms. You know, when something moves at that speed, it's, you get a sonic boom, you know, and we see this at baseball games, football games, where the fighter pilots fly over the stadiums at the beginning of the game and the jets fly past and you see them fly and then later you hear that, which is the sonic boom, you know. This isn't happening on Mars with that rover remote controlled from the United States of America on planet Earth. The, 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 the things are doing mind-boggling, uh, unfound scientific, uh, unscientific things. And if you really want to get my opinion that these things are in fact United States military, we're far from that. People predicted flying cars and a lot of things for the future and put aside technology like video games and phones and virtual reality and other social media outlets doing things and paying for groceries with your phone, your card on your phone, Venmo, PayPal, Cash App, all that things. Just, just, you know, taking aside some of these jumps in technology, we're not at levels of flying cars or anything that we are seeing that cannot be explained right now. So in my opinion, this is not the United States military. And again, I am saying this on my podcast. If you believe that we are the only living things in the infinite universe, goes on for infinity and beyond, and you think we are the only things living, not only is that terrifying that we're on a floating rock that happens to be inhabitable, being able to breathe and live and survive 
by a son that's God knows how many years old that is still up there burning at the just the right distance. And we are in line and in orbit and everything is intact to keep us alive. If you think we're the only living things on that rock near that sun with everything perfectly aligned for us to sustain life, then you're very gullible and naive to think that. Because the same way we are on earth living with the sun in the perfect alignment and water, there is another planet somewhere with the same exact scientific formula for life to be sustained. It is happening somewhere else. We've gotten radio blips, unknown events in space, unknown things spotted in space by astronauts, and so on and so forth. We are 100% not the only things in this universe. And if you ask me, what we are seeing is in fact some form of extraterrestrial life that is trying to contact us probably because of what's going on now and they've been trying to do it for quite some time. Now, it's been another episode of the Say What Again Billy podcast. You can listen to my podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Google Podcasts, and many other podcasting outlets. I'd like to thank the Anchor app for giving me the opportunity to have my paranormal podcast. And if you have not heard about Anchor, it is the free app that gives you the opportunity to get your podcasting idea out there. Free of charge, easy to use. It gives you everything you need to make your podcast, edit, and even make you money. If you go to the Anchor app and click on the link, it will tell you exactly how to do that. And if you have an idea, just simply download Anchor and get your idea out there. And this has been Another episode of the Say What Again Billy podcast.